Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Let's face it. At middle age, retirement is planning is something that most of us don't pay enough attention to, but really, what could be more important? You may remember hearing me talk with Roger Allen Friedman on a recent show. He's a chartered retirement planning counselor. Roger has a new special report out. It's called The Beneficiary Minefield, 19 Retirement Account Mistakes You Must Avoid. Frankly, this special report is a must-read for everyone with an IRA or other type of retirement account. Roger's special report is chock full of information to consider before you retire. Read it, study, and become educated about what might be the most important topic of all for a joyful, carefree retirement. And you can find this helpful new special report online at rogeronretirement.com slash shop. That's R-O-D-G-E-R on retirement.com slash shop. Now on with the program. And let me begin this segment with a couple of questions for you parents or even grandparents with kids in your home this summer. Offspring of whatever age, toddlers, preschool, grade school, preteens, or teenagers. Question one, are you looking forward to having kids home from school in close proximity all summer long? And question two, are they happy over the prospect of spending the summer in close proximity with you? You know, when you think about it, it's awfully hard to have one without the other. And my first guest today, Emily Hunter Slingluff, says it's important to understand how happy parents or grandparents are essential to having happy children, not just this summer, but all year long. And she reminds that we as parents have more influence than anyone in raising a kinder, happier generation. That's a pretty awesome responsibility, isn't it? But heck, none of us want our offspring to go through life unhappy and unfulfilled. And Emily Slingloff is here to discuss clear and easy ways to help your kids be happy while they're growing up. And hey, if your kids are grown and you're not yet a grandparent, listen in anyway for tips you can pass along to your adult children once they start their own families. And Emily Hunter Slingloff is a native Virginian who graduated from Sweetbriar College. She's former assistant editor at the Virginian Pilot. And after marriage, she suffered through three miscarriages and was afraid she'd never be able to bring a child into the world. And uh, during that sad time, she started uh, studying parenting, the actions of parents and the reactions from their children. And she came to realize that the results of various parenting styles are predictable. And subsequently, Emily Slingloff had two children of her own and has authored three books on effective parenting including those we'll discuss today, Parenting Without Punishment and Peace. And hello, Emily Slingloff. We're honored to have you today on our program. 
Oh my gosh, thank you. You you brought tears and shivers with that introduction. I, I love what you said, the way you described it all. Well, I'm intrigued by the title of your 2013 book, Parenting Without Punishment. You know, as our kids are growing up, starting when they're very young, right up through their teen years, one of our primary responsibilities as parents is to protect our offspring from actions that may prove uh, harmful to themselves or perhaps to others. And isn't punishment of some sort a necessary tool in our parental arsenal? If, for example, our 11-year-old goes swimming in a river with a strong current after we repeatedly warn him or her not to because it's too dangerous, how do we get our point across if there are no consequences? Oh, right. Wow. Well, we're getting into the depth of it without starting at the beginning. Um, (laughs) And I would love to start at the beginning because I think if a parent does what I have really realized is so important in the very beginning, that something you just described is not likely to happen. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we start at the beginning? (laughs) Yes, because the parent, because the child will be respecting what the parent says and will yeah. be counting on the parent, will know yeah. that the parent is helping the child, not being silly, but truly caring about the parent. I yeah. mean, about the child, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so that I, I think it's less likely to happen. But um, oh. to answer the question specifically right now before we really get to the meat of it is yeah. um, instead of punishment, there can always be, you know what, communication. Yeah. But there have to be no rules. If there are rules, there's got to be punishment. We know that. All there be yeah. chaos. And people okay. break rules. We're all human. We don't mean to sometimes. But um, if instead they're guidelines, yeah. then when a child doesn't follow a guideline, again, it may be inadvertent that it happens, um, yeah. then there can be communication, which means talking and listening and working together. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see what you're saying there. The- can I start at the beginning? Yeah, let's start at the beginning. About happy? <laughs> what do you think? No, that, you tell that, me. You that, tell me. That's an excellent answer you have to that question. But uh, like you say, let's go back to the beginning and, and find out how we uh, avoid so that the child doesn't jump in the river in the first place and mm-hmm. <laughs> has enough sense mm-hmm. not to. Well, you know, there's so much, again, this is not the beginning. This, this is the middle of the end. Yeah. But there's so much talk about parents wanting their children to respect them. Oh, my yeah. gosh, child must respect the parent. But yeah. you know what? The parent surely should respect the child from the moment that the child comes into the world. Amen. And you know, when, when the parent says, the child should respect me, that is placing emphasis on self rather than the person you love and and the person you're trying to uh, guide to adulthood. (laughs) Very good. Yes, very good. Yes. But, I mean, naturally, the child will respect a parent if the parent respects that little child from the very, very beginning. Okay, you tell me. I don't want to talk too much. Should I go and talk about happy for a minute? Yeah, go ahead and talk about happy for a minute. (laughs) The word happy I find more and more intriguing, and I've been doing this for 20-some years. But after I wrote the first little book, when I was asked by a director of the school to write down what I and my husband had done with our children before they went to first grade. Anyway, I was at a conference shortly after that, and there was a psychiatrist there I had heard about. 
Oh, I... Never seen him before or since, but what he said to me <laughs> mattered so much. I went up yeah. to him and said, what do you think of me using the word happy? You think it was a silly little word to be writing about <laughs> for a child? And he said this one sentence, and everybody listening, if they hear nothing else, I hope they'll enjoy hearing this. The goal of psychiatrist is what he said to me. The goal mm. of psychiatrist in treating patients of any age is happiness. Huh. I'll be darned. Avidon is right. I mean, for a minute you think, well, what? And then I think everybody thinks, yes, of, of course, of course. <laughs> Happiness is truly um, mental health, healthiness. If you're not happy, you, you're confused and um, not insecure, and um, you're the opposite of, of happy. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And and I think from the very beginning, the, the uh, one, one thing you say, have a little list of what people could do to make the child happy. Um, I think be on the child's side. Yeah. One thing, if nothing else is remembered. Yeah, Be on the sure. child's side. Why not? Well, your book's promotion on Amazon states that parenting without punishment is becoming accepted as the best way to help the child. And that sounds great, but in a nutshell... Can you please describe for us what this concept would mean in our day-to-day interaction with our kids? I guess the first thing you just described is a key part of it, take the child's side rather than your own, but uh, you're certainly not against the child. uh, I mean, if someone wants a child, then they want the child to appreciate life, to be happy with life, don't they? And I I think to um, parenting without punishment, I I think it's so, so clear. I was so happy when I thought of that three points for parents, and one is to to realize the importance of the job, set one goal of making the child happy, and then reach that goal by working with the child rather than against the child. Oh, okay. That that makes so much sense. That Isn't that just clear? And, and I think in the very, very beginning when that little baby is lying in the crib and cries, and you have heard, I'll bet, and read, Roy, that when the baby cries in the crib, the parent shouldn't go to him all the time. You know, it'll it'll make the child spoil, or he'll think he can get everything yeah. he wants. Have you heard all that? Yeah, it's I so so that. wrong. What is right <laughs> is this: go to the little baby crying in the crib. Yeah, I loved how you uh, you mentioned your late husband said that when your first child was crying, and you mentioned the the experts, mm-hmm. and he said, "The heck with that." <laughs> That's I'm going to my child because my child's unhappy. <laughs> you, you are so right. He said, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going to let my child cry. Yeah. And we had not analyzed parenting at that time that much, but think of how you, anybody listening, or you, or me, lying yeah. in the crib would feel. When we're, we've been inside a woman's body. We don't know where we are. We don't know anything, <laughs> and we don't know how to how to speak we yeah. don't know anything so we make a little sound and suppose yeah. nothing happened we make another sound and nothing happens and another yeah. one yeah. and then how do we feel we feel confused and and definitely insecure yeah. and and definitely unhappy and if it continues to happen we're very unhappy and very insecure yeah. whereas if the parent comes right away and picks up the child and hugs it and says they love you um, we don't know the meaning of the word love, but we sense it, you know, and yeah. and changes the pants and gives it milk or whatever, takes it where it is and holds it, holds it, holds it, can't yeah. hold the baby too much. Oh, no. Then how would we feel? Yeah, yeah, that makes such a huge difference. I feel so awful for children who are abandoned as infants and uh, even if they're, you know, placed in a 
foster home or whatever, if they don't have that mother's love and the father's love that uh, right from the start, they're really uh, starting out in mm-hmm. life on a it, tough note. But they're very difficult to change because I mean the formative years of life are called formative because they are formative. Well, can you and give us a few clear and now. easy ways to make our kids happy with life? I think you touched on that, but maybe you can be a little more specific on uh, some of the ways that we can make our kids happy. Well, I think clearly overall remembering that you, the parent can be on the child's side. I think it's a natural thing for a parent yeah. to want to be on the child's side, yeah, but parents so. have been taught, unfortunately, you know, in other <laughs> talks and books, to be dictatorial. You do it because I said so. That's why you're my, I'm your parent and you must do what I say or you're going to yeah, be punished. Yeah, what a way so, to treat a child. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> but how many no. people do that? You know, that's yeah. what they've been taught. So I think, number and one... And there are people that are so embarrassed when their child misbehaves in public or something and, oh, my God, they're, they're putting me to shame as a parent rather mm-hmm. than uh, really getting to the bottom of why their child is so unhappy or what the problem is. They just, uh, you know, don't want to be humiliated in front of other people. Exactly. And if if that parent respects that child and answers the child's cries and questions as it gets older, that is answering the questions by answering the cries. That is a question from the child. If the parent does that, the child will, will be grand out in public with other people. The child yeah. won't have any reason to be otherwise. It'll no, be happy, you yeah, know, for sure. yeah, and secure, and yeah. and forever if the parent keeps it up. Yeah. So you want some more specifics, but I think that kind of says it. But I can give no, you some that, more specifics. Once again, <laughs> you emphasize that we, as parents, are the main influence in our child's formative years. But a lot of our listeners have children who are now preteens or teenagers. In your opinion, at what approximate age do the formative years end? And how, if any, should we alter our approach to parenting yet remain an essential positive influence once our sons and daughters reach the age when they know it all and think that mom and dad are relics of the Stone Age? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, from what I've said so far... I bet you know how I would respond to that, don't you? Yeah, I can guess. (laughs) The child is not going to dislike the parent or think they're wrong from the Stone Age, etc., if the parent has been kind to the child from the beginning, if the parent has respected the child as a little human being, which it is, and all human beings are worthy of respect, right? Yes, that's for sure. So if the parent has done that from the beginning... Yeah. The, the child is crazy about the parent. The child wants to help the parent. Yeah. I mean, I, I see this happen. I know it happens. If if the parent helps the child instead yeah. of hurting the child from the beginning, the par- the child naturally wants to do the same thing back. Yeah, you know, when you like somebody, you, you're nice to them. That person wants to be nice back to you. That's for sure. Yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. Well, here's another kind of unrelated issue. Let's say I'm a parent who is unfulfilled in my career, finances are tight, and quite frankly, I hate my current job. Can I still appear happier on my kids and help them be happy? Or from your observations, is it feasible to compartmentalize one's life? And have you seen this work? Or, or, you know, that's, that's kind of a dilemma. I know I've been in 
stages of my life where I really didn't like what I was doing for a living, and it was harder to be a great parent at that point because I always mm-hmm. carried the, the work home with me. And uh, mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with that kind of a situation? Well, that's interesting. You kind of touched on that in in the introduction. That was the only thing I, I felt a little bit <clears throat> squeamish about when you said it because <laughs> I loved everything else. Yeah. I do. I mean, you you said it's um, easy for a parent who is happy to be a a good parent, which is true, but um, I I think we can try, you know, and it's more difficult, surely, for a parent who is not happy himself or herself to be kind. That's the problem with being unhappy. That's the importance of the word happiness, because if... If, say, from the beginning, that parent did not go to the little baby lying in the crib, so that little baby would be confused and and unhappy about life, and then that child would probably ask the parent a lot of questions as the child started talking a little bit later on, and the parent might not answer all those questions. You know, say, stop asking me so much questions. What does that do? All of that turns the child um, off. I mean, it makes the child confused with life. So... Um, how can a parent do it by, if the parent is not happy uh, herself or himself, is obviously trying to put herself in the child's place. Yeah, that's I mean, even you, if, and I think you kind of touched on this, you realize this. Yeah, also, if the when parent you think about upset, it, if you, if you really are disinterested in your career, don't like your job, you can put extra emphasis in having a happy relationship with your children and uh, that might carry over to you know your overall attitude might improve toward the job <laughs> absolutely be that's beautiful that's beautiful but but above all just you know we all know put ourselves in the other person's place yeah. if we want to get along with somebody yeah that's for sure no matter whether it's a business partner or just a little friendship or a yeah. deep friendship you know, a husband, a wife, and a child. Definitely put ourselves in the child's place. But um, it is more difficult, as you say, if yeah. if a person is confused and unhappy themselves. And that right there is the crux of the matter yeah. because we want fewer people as adults who are unhappy. I've um, I've been on a bunch of shows discussing the mass murders that took place, such as oh. in Orlando. You know. When, whenever it buzzed back in the yeah. fall, the mass murders, and yeah. there have been numbers of mass murders. And in truth, if you think about it, there's one thing that all mass murderers have in common. And it's the same thing that all little bullies in elementary school have. It's I their would unhappy. guess that they hate themselves. And they they're they're unhappy. unhappy. That's right. <laughs> they're unhappy. So what? if we really want to help the world, I mean, we want to be big here, we want people to grow up happy. I mean, it sounds like such a simple little word, but it is a huge, huge important word. Well, we can certainly impact our little corner of the world. We may not be able to impact the whole world. That's right, that's right. But we can impact our own family, and and then the more people that do it, the better the place will be. Well, let's change focus briefly. Uh, Your most recent book is titled Peace, and you Mm -hmm. contend that a parent's relationship with a child can create peace. And as parents, what should we do to uh, bring peace into our children's lives? Well, it's the same thing. Oh, I say the same thing in all three books, but the first book is a little more comprehensive. But peace, when you think about peace, what is it? Peace is when people care about each other. Peace is the opposite of war. It's the opposite of unkindness. 
right? Yeah, yeah, peace and So really and truly, peace is people caring about each other. Yeah. And what can some lone parent do, one parent who's listening to this show, what can I do to help peace? Yeah. For goodness sakes, you know, drop a bomb on somebody. Um, I hope we don't, you know, we have to come to that maybe sometime. But if a parent is working with her child, making the child happy, helping the child be happy, that child is likely to be caring about others. Very, very simply. People who are happy want to be kind to other people. People who are unhappy, like uh, mass murderers and even little bullies, I bet any very little few bully, bullies, little bullies were raised by happy parents, wouldn't you venture again? Well, happy <laughs> parents helps, but I, I'm optimistic enough, and I bet you are too. Don't you think a parent who's unhappy, as you say, even if you didn't like your job for a while, yeah. you, you could go home and think, I want my child to be happy, and you hug that little tiny baby, yeah. or you hug that toddler or even teenager, and yeah. say, tell me what's on your mind. Let's talk, you know. Yeah. You can reach out to others. and No, that's for sure. And, and believe me, if you start doing that on a regular routine at, uh, in the family, then it carries over to work, and pretty soon uh, that job you hated so much might not be so bad after all, and you, you might start getting those promotions when you start relating better to your coworkers and to your boss and other people that's around you. That's interesting. I hadn't <laughs> dwelt on that, but maybe, maybe, because you're a kind of person. Well, where should our listeners go to preview and purchase your books? I know that uh, they're all available on Amazon, but uh, is that the best place to go? Or? Well, isn't that where we all go? Yeah. I know they're all on Amazon. <laughs> Bookstores should be able to order them. Yeah. But um, uh, Amazon has all three books and also in Kindle. And I think well, I'm going to bring them out in audio. I'm quite can they seek you? Uh, can the listeners seek you on Facebook or Twitter? Do you have any uh, way they can make connections yeah. and find yeah, out more? Yes, yes, all of it. Um, Facebook is easy. It's my name, EmilySlingloff.com, yeah. but nobody remembers how to spell Slingloff. Uh, Facebook, you can go to Facebook and the slash Parent Togethering, one word. Oh. Parent Togethering, word I made up. Yeah. Parent yeah. Togethering. Parent working together with the child instead of on some opposite side. Yeah, no, that uh, that would be a great thing to do. Well, in conclusion, no matter how many challenges we face as parents or any aspect of our lives and careers, ultimately our mental state and outlook on the future comes down to one basic question. Are we ready to tackle problems as they arise? And when all is said and done, do we anticipate an ultimate favorable outcome? And do we have an emphasis on helping others rather than just taking care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. And in her latest book, Peace, Emily Slingloff tells us about a response years ago, a contractor whose nickname was Hap for Happy, when Emily and her husband reported a glitch in their new home construction, and Hap's response was, for every problem, there's a solution, and having a positive goal in mind for each one of your children, placing the job of parenting right at the top of your list in importance, and anticipating that in the long run, each child will grow up to lead a happy and productive adult life, and concentrating on solving immediate problems or challenges as arise positively, rather than sit around sitting around negatively thinking how impossible parenting is, and respecting your son or daughter as a wonderful creation of God that you help bring into the world, 
It's an awesome responsibility, but in a positive way. And try happiness as a primary ingredient in your relationship with your son or daughter. Or that, what's that term again? You use parent togethering? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great word by uh, respecting <laughs> them as a partner in, in your life's journey rather than you being the dictator and they being mm-hmm. the servant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, I love be, what you said. You said it beautifully. It's so true. It's yeah, so true. Wouldn't it and, be and, great if uh, your child or teen, uh, if their mom and dad consi- for them, if you consistently demonstrated the positive attitude for every problem, there is a solution, and working mm-hmm. as a team will find that solution and look at each child as a source of joy and a wonderful opportunity to share that child's journey. Because believe me, as an empty nester, I know once they're gone, you'll miss them to death. No, well, some people, you know, unfortunately, don't even consider how wonderful, how pleasant, how easy parenting can be. Too yeah. many books have been written about the problems of parenting, and I will say that do not need to be problems. If there are problems, it's the parents. Yeah, How about that? Very true. So let's I think all... it is true. And, and be positive. You mentioned that word. I think that's one thing I had not brought up. But you can be positive about anything. I mean, yeah. you can. St- you said going in the water when the, you'd said not to. You yeah. can explain instead of saying don't go in the water. Just let me just talk to you about this water because if you stay over here, you can look at it or be on the edge. <laughs> but think of what could happen if you were pulled under and you couldn't get back up. You yeah. know, explain. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. But uh, well, along the way, uh, you can uh, positively share with them, uh, with your children, our knowledge and expertise gained through twenty plus years of adult living. And as we all know, when we're happy, it's contagious, and we spread happiness to those around us, including our kids. Now let's all go out and make this summer and the rest of this year and every year hereafter a wonderful, happy season of mutual love and respect, creating joy and peace both for our children and for ourselves, regardless of our child's age. And thanks to me and Emily Slingleff for this uh, wonderful conversation and best of success in getting your happy message out. Well, I love what you're saying. I I love it. So it's a pleasure to talk to you. I hope all the people listening are. People are sort of shocked sometimes when I talk about the word happy being important. But I think after a few seconds, almost everybody agrees. That's for sure. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. Thank you. Bye. In this segment, we're going to talk to you parents of sons and daughters who plan to start college this fall or who aspire to attend college within the next two to three years. And regardless of your current financial situation, I'm certainly you would like to help your college-bound son or daughter accomplish three goals. One, obtain a four-year degree or a two-year certificate from an accredited quality institution of higher learning. Earn that degree or certificate in a major or area of specialization, ideally suited to your son's or daughter's talents, personality, and aspirations and complete that college education in four years or less and avoid running up monstrous college-related debt, both for your student and for you as parents. And those are worthy higher education goals to be sure, but here's some bad news. According to the website highereducation.org, over 60% of college-bound students need some level of remediation courses and take more than four years to earn their undergraduate degree. 
and these remediation courses cost extra money that you probably didn't take into account when you estimated tuition costs. And furthermore, these remediation courses likely will uh, extend the number of months and years needed to graduate, running up room and board as well as tuition. The bottom line, the average student graduates from college with at least $28,950 in student loan debt. Wow. Not to mention the debt that you and your spouse incur uh, additionally in a lot of cases. But how about some good news? My next guest, Adrian Ridner, co-founder and CEO of Study.com, is here with some surefire ways that you can help your college-bound son or daughter get ready, avoid the cost and aggravation of remedial courses, and help them to graduate on time. And Adrian Ridner was fed up with the high cost of advanced education and launched Study.com in 2002. His worthy mission is to make college as well as high school GED accessible and affordable for every person with sound learning skills and dedication to personal betterment. And today, Study.com helps over 25 million students each month from middle school right up through college with short but highly effective video courses that not only prepare our students for college, but also allow them to earn college credit remotely at their own pace, perhaps even get a jump start on college while they're still in high school. And once in college, uh, study.com helps students pinpoint potential majors and pass credit-granting exams, thereby avoiding required basic courses so they can concentrate on their major and perhaps graduate in less than four years. And hello, Adrian Ridner. It sounds like Study.com provides a uh, wonderful service at a relatively modest cost. It's great to have you with us here on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'd like to bring up two or three uh, hypothetical situations and see how Study.com can help. Let's talk about situation one. Let's begin with parents of a recent high school graduate, and they've been accepted to college or university and are ready to start their education this fall. What can we as parents do over the summer to help our teenagers get ready uh, college ready and to help them avoid having to take those remedial courses this fall? So that's a great question. I think it's good to, to think ahead. I think um, one of the, the big things that as a parent you should, you should think about um, that is important for grads to be college ready is the study skills of your student. So while they were in high school, did they have time management skills? Were they effective note takers? Did they have organization uh, skills? Those are a lot of things that, uh, that at times high school, the high school setting will take care of for the student. They don't have to be as motivated or as independent. But in college, that's not going to be the case. So first of all, pay attention. Think back to the last year or two. Do they have those skills in, in your opinion? The second thing is the foundational knowledge. So all the required subjects, um, reading, writing, their overall scores, uh, do you believe that they are at the level they need to be to be successful in college? And that's a harder question to answer sometimes for parents. One of the ways that we can help um, at study.com is test drive college courses during the summer uh, or at any time of the year where you will sign up for a college course on study.com. This will be for credit, so the course is transferable to about 2,000 uh, universities and colleges in the U.S. 
and they can do that and see how they do on that course. Oh, I see. How do how is, I, it's been long years since I was in college. How do the uh, universities uh, determine that somebody needs these remedial courses? Do they have exams when you first get to college, or how do they do that? Say, no, Absol- you're not ready. <laughs> Absolutely. There are a lot of universities vary state by state and, and, and by the university, but usually there's some form of exam that if you don't get a certain score, they will determine uh, that you need to take the remedial courses. Okay. One of the really, you mentioned at the beginning, real challenges is the cost is often not accounted for by, by the student and the parent, but also a lot of times they won't grant college credit. So you're not only delaying the student and charging more money, it doesn't even help you towards the degree, which is really a shame. So if there's a way you can prepare ahead of those placements exams, that also will be a great way to avoid uh, getting stuck with the remedial courses. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Well, here's hypothetical situation number two. Our son or daughter will be a high school senior or maybe even a junior this fall and plans to take one or both of the... uh, common college entrance exams, SAT or ACT, this fall. Does study.com offer uh, test prep online courses for uh, high school students that uh, might help them raise their SAT or ACT scores? Absolutely. They're actually some of our most popular courses are the the SAT, the ACT, and even the AP exams, uh, uh, test prep courses, are some of the most popular courses on study.com. And the reason is we do have practice questions and practice exams, uh, a lot of ways to help you raise your um, your score, but also, as you mentioned earlier, short animated videos that if you don't understand something, let's say you get a question wrong or a section wrong, it will link you exactly to the place on that short video where the concept is being explain so it's not just about test prep it's also about the learning that can that can happen that's great well here's another hypothetical situation let's say our high school graduate has not been accepted to college this fall and has taken a job but most definitely would like to start college within a year or two does study.com offer uh, college level courses for people who want to uh, start earning credits now even before they've been accepted for a college Is, is there any way we can do that uh, yes, I, I think of it as we offer, in a lot of ways, the evolution of community college. So it's community college oh. from your phone. You take <laughs> courses, you take you take exams, you do it at your own pace, but you can do it as you work. If you have a job, if you have if you uh, uh, don't have a lot of time, you maybe can't take a full load. You absolutely can get started. And one thing we've learned with helping millions of students in this situation, the most important part is take the first step. Yeah. Start. Take one one course, one lesson, and put one foot in front of the other, and you will find that um, that you're making much faster progress towards that big goal of your degree uh, than than you ever thought possible. So even if you're not going straight to a traditional four-year school, it's absolutely possible. That's sort of true for anything in life. <laughs> you have to start if you're going to accomplish anything. But uh, Well, let's say your daughter or son is already in college but would like to accelerate their graduation. Your website advises students they can take as many courses as they like for one low monthly fee instead of paying expensive tuition and buying textbooks, thereby getting your degree faster and cutting your tuition by as much as 50%. Sounds great, but uh, 
Will my my offspring's college or university accept study.com credit? I guess you say uh, 2,000 or more uh, institutions will, but how do, you, how do you determine whether your particular college will? Our recommendation is, that, so there's over 2,000 across the U.S. that will accept it. The best way to figure out how many credits and how many courses uh, your particular target school will accept is to talk to the admissions uh, team, tell them that you're uh, looking at uh, study.com or your, or your counselor if you have one. We also have coaches available that if you give them the information of the school that you're interested in, they can help you do the research and figure out exactly your degree plan, uh, which essentially would, would be how many courses you could take, if you have pre-existing credits, how many of those will transfer, and then the final courses you have to end up taking at the four-year university. So we can help. The admissions team can also help at the, at the college. That would be great because it would be really sad if you took a whole bunch of courses only to learn later that none of them could be transferred or a bunch of <laughs> Absolutely. We, we definitely don't want that to, to happen. And I think, uh, again, if you're going to an Ivy League school, I'll tell you right now, you know, you're going to, to Stanford, they don't, they don't, they're not very generous with their transfer policy. They really, they really are not. They think they're um, above the rest of us. <laughs> they, they, they have their own philosophy about it. Uh, our goal is to make education accessible at a, at a global level across the, the U.S., so most of the, the, the people we'll help are not exactly going to, to Stanford, but even Stanford won't even barely accept AP credits, so one of the most yeah. commonly accepted credits they, they say no to. So obviously there's some that you can know uh, right away, but for, the, for most, uh, most universities, they'll accept some amount. You just have to check ahead of time because, yeah, like so you said, we don't want to make sure. If my People son or daughter it. went to some major college like uh, State University, like Penn State or UCLA or something like that, uh, probably a, lo- a lot of those would be accepted then, I would think. Yes, uh, UC Berkeley accepts it. The Ohio State University accepts it. So there's a lot of, of yeah. major universities that will accept it, yes. Well, approximately how many courses do you offer online, and how are your courses different from traditional college courses taught by a professor in a classroom using a textbook? <laughs> Yeah, so our, our courses are, are very, very different than that. So they are usually split into small, uh, short animated videos followed by quizzes um, and, and assignments. They're all self-paced, so if you're learning quicker, you already know some of the material, you can move at a faster pace. You don't have to go at the, at the pace of the rest of the, the rest of the class. If you do need help, there are tutors and instructors available to, to answer questions and to help you, but it is, you know, for the most part, a self-paced course. You don't have to go to, to a classroom. That's another big difference um, to, to do it. So qu- quite a bit of differences. I think we've learned that a lot of students love to learn with that visual um, format as well as we provide the, the transcripts. So if you have students that like to read, they can do it. There's no need for a textbook. All the material is part of the online platform. Um, so it, it's pretty unique from that perspective. And I mentioned earlier, it works on your phone, your tablet. Uh, so especially for millennials on, and, and younger generations these days, something that they, they've come to sort of know and get used to as a way to do everything else in their lives, it also works for their learning. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, uh, we've been talking about college level and college prep courses but your website also says that you offer high school level classes. And what if uh, a high school senior aspires to attend college but needs to get his or her uh, high school grades up? Can, can study.com help with that? Yes, yeah, so you asked earlier how many courses we have. So we have about 
3,500 courses oh, from wow. third grade through high school through college. So yes, I think that uh, the question is, you know, search for exactly what you're looking for. Search for the subject area. Um, you know, if it's ninth grade uh, math, and you can look for that a specific set of courses. Mm-hmm. Make sure you find the, the right ones. But we have it available, and is it's essentially. Um, you can access as many of them as you want. It's not like you have to just do math or just do science. Yeah. If, if your needs change over the school year, you can study from as many of the courses or lessons as you, as you want. Uh, but we've built you know, a very large library. We spent uh, uh, you know, a very long time building up the library yeah. so we can have as comprehensive of a resource as possible. Well, I noticed from your website you offer three plan options. Can you briefly tell us what these three plans are? To, you, know, you have a basic edition, a premium edition, and a college accelerator. <laughs> yes, so college accelerator, we'll start with that one, is the one we just talked about. If you want to take those college courses that are for credit, that edition comes with proctor exams that guaranteed, you know, it's you taking the, the, the exam on the course. That's how we get uh, part of the credit recommendation to transfer. And that's the most advanced plan um, that you take if you're trying to earn college credit. Um, and and that, that's a, a popular plan. The, the yeah. basic plan is a plan if all you want to do is, you know, watch the, the lessons and, the, and, the, uh, and, the, and see the courses and maybe read some of the transcripts. But you don't really care about the exercises and the quiz and the advanced, you know, course tracking, you do the basic plan, just basic access. You still get all the subjects. The premium plan is when you're really trying to master the material. So a lot of the test prep students, the ones you describe, SAT, ACT, AP, um, they really care about practice questions, mastery. Those are all essentially taking the premium plan. So that's that's kind of how I would I would equate it. It's like, do you just want access to sort of the, the content? Do you want to really master and get all the exercises? Or are you really trying to earn college credit? Um, I and love you need the all fact that, that in all three of these, you can take as many courses as you want for a set price. You don't have to pay course by course. <laughs> And that's something we've heard from our from our users. To be to be honest, when we first started thinking about it, we 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 talked to a lot of users, and they really said that was important to them to be able to you know I might need help you know yeah. with English today, but I may need chemistry tomorrow. I don't want to have to be buying different things, and it's it's the one place you can go that you know you can get help regardless of yeah. where you are in your learning life cycle. And that was the goal for us. We really want to yeah. be that number one student resource. Well, we don't have a lot of time remaining, but give us a few uh, brief samples of the uh, subject categories where you offer college courses. I, I know there's a whole bunch of different uh, the, areas. The, there is a lot. So we have we have business, uh, we have psychology, we have social sciences, we have we have math. Um, there's a lot of different categories. Um, those are some of the the most popular. We we also have IT. So th- there's really a lot of categories. It depends on what you're missing for your degree, where you want to get started. Um, and again, like I said, the most important part is pick one. If you're not sure, talk to talk to one of our coaches, and they can help you figure out where to get started. And and from there, um, just start taking the the first few lessons, and you'll be surprised how easy it is. Well, that's great. As a brief aside, uh, we also have listeners who are uh, small business owners or managers and executives in large corporations, and I understand you also offer employer-sponsored workforce training and college degree development programs. 
Yes, what we've been able to, to do is work with employers to offer a really discounted um, price point to get their workers access to both the college degree at a very affordable cost for the employer, so it ends up being free for the employee, and workplace and workforce development courses as well. So that is something that we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of optic. JetBlue Airlines, for example, is one of our customers, and they, their their employees are loving it. Oh, that's great. Well, if our sons or daughters would like to try you out, I understand you offer a free uh, five-day trial. Where uh, where should we go to learn more about the uh, your programs and access this free trial? What's your uh, address, website address? So, so the, the easiest way is go to study.com, and on the right-hand side you'll see a, um, a plans uh, uh, button and a sign-up button, and you can get all the information from there. So study.com. Well, that's easy enough. <laughs> An easy enough website to remember. Well, to be quite honest, until very recently, I had never heard of Study.com, but your resources uh, certainly make sense to me in this era of ever-increasing tuition and room and board, plus soaring uh, student debt. It only makes sense to jumpstart your our child's uh, path to a college degree and to cut down the time and cost it, it takes to obtain one. And Study.com offers an excellent way to jumpstart progress to a degree. And with their College Accelerator free five-day trial offer, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Free for five days, no obligation, cancel any time. And I only wish I'd had Study.com when my two kids were in college. And the Study.com uh, concept makes so much sense to me. Uh, take inexpensive college courses at home on your own pace in your spare time and opt out of those remedial courses that don't even earn you any credit toward your degree and uh, save significant time and money on your journey to a degree. And you will earn that college degree, perhaps from the very same college or university of your choice, for up to 50% less in total cost. Doesn't sound like a bad deal to me. And check it out today at study.com. It'll be well worth your time. And thanks a million, Adrian Ridner, for dropping by to talk about your highly unique approach to a college education. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And what a great way for our recent high school graduates to pre-launch their college career this summer rather than just goofing around all summer. Or in a, uh, they may want to take a job to pay for college, but uh, it would also help them to uh, jumpstart their college careers. And uh, in closing, to quote from an esteemed professor I once had in college, this summer it's onward and upward with the arts. And farewell from now. Talk to you all again on next week's edition of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 